The Denver Broncos are set to play in primetime action in Week 18. Why? Well, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's a lot on the line. We talk about the game in depth and how the Broncos could potentially impact the Chiefs' hopes for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Not to mention, Sarah and I, we go back and forth and weigh the pros and cons on whether or not the next Broncos head coach, if there is one, should be offensive-minded or defensive-minded. You get that and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Benninger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Not to mention, you can watch us on YouTube, Lockdown Broncos. Just search for us here, or if you watch us here, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications if you haven't done so already, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage here on the Lockdown NFL Network. Sarah, my friend, hey, it's great to see you once again. Look, with the post-game report, there was one listener of the show, I, I believe his name is Jeff, he tweeted me, because we're trying to come up with a name for, uh, you know, when you lose and you have to talk about the team on a Monday. He called it Morning Monday. So, like, we're mourning yeah, it. But now, you yeah. know what? I feel like we got all that out of our spirits here now. Now we're focused on the week ahead. And obviously, we're looking ahead, which is never a bad thing to do at this point. When the Broncos essentially out of the playoffs, they're done. But the Broncos, they do get one more primetime game here this week, Sarah. And uh, look, I, the stakes are big for one team. Can the Broncos put spoils to that? I don't know. That's going to be interesting to watch. We get a Saturday game. How about that? I mean, I, I, I like to watch football on Saturdays, but not usually the Denver Broncos. So it'll be a nice little change of pace. I think personally, I, I think I saw Andrew Mason tweet this out, Cody, and I think it's a good point. The fact that the season now ends a day earlier I mean, than most other teams, that's kind of nice. Like, you get to have your game early. You get your season to kind of get done early. Not that we don't want Broncos football anymore, because let's face it, in about two and a half months, we're all going to be like, dang, like, I really miss football. I would do anything yep. for a meaningless game right now. But I do like the fact that the season is ending early, because let's face the reality, we're getting to the point now where, like, even on this episode, we're going to be talking about prospective head coaching you know situations and what we would prefer and things like that so we're getting to the point of the year that that I actually prefer a little bit if the Broncos aren't going to be competitive right so but I think that for the for the time being there's interesting things that need to be focused on like like how are the Broncos going to come out in this game what's the what's the attitude in the locker room going to be like because I wasn't really a player in a situation like this Cody I don't know what it's like to like kind of know that obviously the season's over, but at the same time, like you don't know who's going to be your head coach next year. You don't know how many of your teammates are going to be back next year. How does a locker room approach this kind of a game? That's a great question. And I think it really varies based on the vibe, the tone in the locker room. Now, one thing I will mention, I think that the players in this locker room, they're very, very close. Like they are a very close knit unit. The offense is pretty close with guys on the defense, special teams, guys like the kickers, punters. I mean, they're they're really close with everybody. It's a really tight knit locker room. But the aspect too, as you mentioned, right? We talk about the uncertainty of knowing who your head coach is going to be next season. And I think a lot of how this week will go for the Broncos and their preparation is really going to be predicated off of what is the attitude 
attitude of the coaches. How are the coaches approaching this week? Because look, coaches are leaders and you have to be able to follow that as a player. Now, players are leaders as well. And you know, you got a lot of guys that are going to go out there and they're going to continue to compete and fight their tail off, which you love to see that. Uh, but you, you do mention like the vibe is going to be very interesting this week because the Broncos essentially have nothing to play for in terms of something that's meaningful. However, I might want to flip that a little bit by saying, look, the Broncos are going to be playing a Kansas City Chiefs team that is going to be at full strength that has a lot to play for. So can you at least play spoils to them potentially having home field advantage in the AFC playoffs, which I think is something to play for, uh, you know, spot on here. So, you know, in my opinion, Sarah, like I, I view it as a game that, you know, you want to see the Broncos come out with. But the question is. Will the Broncos get a lot of these guys back that have been on the COVID list? Will they get back this week? Having the Broncos at full strength against Kansas City, I think, is a lot different than what we saw on Sunday against the Chargers. I think that having your starters back gives you a little bit of a boost. But, man, I would love to just see Denver knock away Kansas City's chances of getting home field. I would, too. And I think anybody would love to see the Broncos finally beat the Chiefs again. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, it was another primetime game. Remember back in the 2015 season, Bradley Roby recovering a fumble forced what by Brandon Marshall, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was a long time ago. That was like that was a different era of Broncos football. So, we've we've completely changed everything has changed in Denver since that time since we last beat the Chiefs. So, that would be fun to see. And like I mentioned on the post-game show, Cody, I feel like Yes, we a lot of times like at this time of year we understand the win is meaningless in the grand scheme of things and a loss actually helps your draft standing potentially. But even if the Broncos are going to lose this game, I want to see the players do really well because I, I know that a lot of these players are going to be back next season. So yeah. if the players aren't playing well, I mean, if it's coaching, it's it's one thing. If it's the players that are not playing well, I don't want to see that. I want to see the players doing well. I want to see the players succeeding. Like I said after the game yesterday, I, I want to see Jerry Judy go off for 100 yards and three times. I want to see Cortland Sutton mossing people. I want to see Noah Fant getting yak and red zone targets. I want to see Patrick Sertan getting an interception. Like I want to see all the good things. And yeah. I think that a lot of fans are, are in the boat of they would rather the team lose. So if the Broncos are going to lose, I at least want to see the players ball out. Yeah, I mean, that that's all you can ask for. Right? It's a different story when you lose and everybody just lays a stinker and doesn't play well. That, I think, is more frustrating for, you know, than anything. For me, I, I've always said this too, and this goes back to my days as a coach. I always told my players, like, hey, regardless of the outcome, win or loss, the only thing I care about is that you give your effort 110% and you play your tail off, right? If you make mistakes, you're going to make it. But don't be afraid to make mistakes. Like, that's the thing. And look, these are grown men. They're they don't have to be told that, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. They know that. They're, they're going to go out there. They're going to play 110 miles an hour. They're going to try their best. And, look, at the end of the day, it's our job to kind of sit here and talk about the performance of the team. But you know what? I'll never use this platform to bash a player, you know. And I think that's one thing that fans want us to do, Sarah. They want us to just pile on and, and, and tear apart a player. We'll be critical when it's needed. But we're not going to completely, you know, bash a, a player just based on their performance just for the sake of bashing them. I mean, there's a lot of other outlets that do that just for – for clicks that's not going to be us we're not going to do that we're going to call it how we see it and we're going to present both sides of the coin here on the lockdown broncos podcast but broncos country look primetime game saturday football broncos season like sarah had said it's going to end a little bit of a day early which allows you to just to enjoy a sunday full of football action week 18 a meaningless week in the nfl not sure why they did it obviously outside of monetary purposes but coming up here in just a moment sarah and i we're going to you know 
take this to court a little bit. We're going to play both sides of the coin here, and we're going to make the case for the Broncos having an offensive-minded head coach if they do move on from Vic Fangio after the 2021 season. We do that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's a good friends over there at the Get Upside app. And ladies and gentlemen, you never have to pay full price at that gas pump ever again with the Get Upside app. It's free and available in your Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And the cool thing about the Get Upside app, like I mentioned, never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. But every time that you fill up your tank, they're going to give you 25 cents per gallon cash back every time that you go to the gas tank and fill up. And if you sign up today and use promo code TOUCHDOWN, they're going to give you an additional 25 cents on top of that. So you could get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank fill up here today, ladies and gentlemen, and they make it really easy for you to cash out. It hits your account instantly and you can transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or other e-gift card brands like Amazon and other places. You can check it out with the GetUpside app today. It's a completely free app and some drivers are, are making up to 200 to $300 per month in cash back loan based on how much that you drive with the GetUpside app. So be sure to check it out. Download the app today. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back today with the GetUpside app. All right, so jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, just want to say we love you. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, whether you watch us here on YouTube or whether you listen free and available everywhere. You get your podcast. Your support means the world to us. And even if the Broncos season ends, Lockdown Broncos, we are year-round, ladies and gentlemen, so you never have to turn your dials. We have you covered all year long with all things Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. Sarah, my friend, I, I think we can make a very interesting point here. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of discussion, I think, as we speak today. I think it's easy for us to probably anticipate the Broncos are going to make a head coaching change, right? So let's get a jump on this early, right? Let's talk about the pros and cons because I see Broncos country. This is another widely debated topic. Should the Broncos go with an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach? We're going to play both sides of the coin here, but let's start off with an offensive-minded head coach. And you said it best here. The Broncos, they are in desperate need for a revival offensively. There's so many different points that we can make about watching this Broncos offense this season and last season. The woulda, coulda, shoulda, it just was not good enough, and it was frustrating. I mean, we had times on this podcast where you and I were saying, like, watching this Broncos offense makes me not like football right now because it is so not football-esque here. And so I don't know if that's really a real word or a saying there, but, I mean, it kind of summarizes how I feel. I know how probably you feel, and many people in Broncos mm -hmm. country feel Let's make the case here for an offensive-minded head coach here in 2022. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Cody. I mean, it's it's so true. It, it doesn't even feel like you're able to enjoy watching football with the way the Broncos have played offense over the last six years. I mean, can we believe that? And even, even that 2015 season with Peyton Manning, right, <laughs> the final season of Peyton Manning, the offense was really bad. So – I mean, it's time. It's time, right? And and I think that the Broncos hiring an offensive-minded head coach, I feel like every fan probably wants to see that for the most part. I think there there's a sect of fans that wants to see a defensive coach, a specific one that we're going to talk about in the next segment. But making the case for an offensive-minded head coach, here's my thing about it, is that the Broncos need somebody, somebody that can come in and maximize the quarterback play or help minimize a quarterback's deficiencies by the way that they scheme an offense, the way that they utilize their players. And I think of, and, and again, Broncos fans are, this is torturous because we could have had him, but Kyle Shanahan, I think of Kyle Shanahan yeah. with the 49ers. And, and the fact that they have now been a legitimate Super Bowl contender two out of the last three, three years, I would say. 2019, obviously they made it to the Super Bowl. Now back here in 2021 season, they're back kind of in contention again. So 
Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback, people. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say, is is maybe a, a slight hair above Teddy Bridgewater as a QB. He's not that he's not that good. He's not that great of a player. Let's just be honest. But what does Kyle Shanahan do that I'm talking about here? He is able to minimize a lot of Garoppolo's weaknesses as a player and maximize the strengths of the skill players that he has. Look at how amazing Debo Samuel has been. Cool. Look at how great George Kittle has been. Brandon Ayuk is having a nice breakout season for the 49ers as well. Again, their running scheme fits pretty much every guy. Elijah Mitchell, who I don't think many Broncos fans would would know unless they have him in fantasy. He's been a very, very good rookie for the San Francisco 49ers, a sixth-round draft pick running in their offense. So so to me, you bring in an offensive-minded head coach that can minimize a quarterback's weaknesses, maximize his strengths, and maximize the strengths of your offensive skill players, even if the Broncos aren't able to get an Aaron Rodgers, even if they're not able to get a Russell Wilson, you could go out and you could get maybe, I'm just spitballing, but like a Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan or or somebody on a, a lower tier, you go out and get a quarterback like that, and you're able to still have sustained success because you have an offensive coach can minimize their weaknesses, maximize their strengths. Something to look at for sure. I know Broncos fans, they they just heard you say Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, and I know that in the comment <laughs> section, they're probably going to be like, what? We don't want another retread quarterback. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to go with that path, but you know, the idea of what Sarah's pointing at is being able, like even if you were to get guys like that, being able to put them in a position with an offensive coach that understands what they're good at, what they're not good at, and not putting them in situations where they can't execute it. I think that's the point that Sarah was trying to make there. You know, another thing, Sarah, too, we talk about options that the Broncos have, you know, regardless of quarterback, right, whether they go out and they trade for a guy like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whoever it may be, or this year's NFL draft, which I know a lot of people in Broncos country, a lot of NFL analysts are talking about, well, this is not a really good quarterback class. But if the Broncos do go with the route of drafting quarterbacks, Sarah, I said it on Twitter best. They had to be patient. You know, if they're going to go and draft a young guy, they're going to have to play him. They're going to have to develop him, and they're going to have to be patient with his struggles and obviously with his deficiencies, whoever it may be, if that is the case here. But if the Broncos are going with that, I think you do have to have a young offensive-minded head coach like you alluded to. Now, you know, kind of goes back to the point of the skill players, what we've seen with the Broncos this season, with the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers. That was an evident issue of concern. And would this new offensive-minded head coach take that into consideration and how would they maybe be able to amplify this issue that they have? What is the issue that we're talking about? I feel like the issue honestly is an inability to, you know, put your skill players in the right position to succeed. And not only that, but we've seen Pat Shermer in the Broncos offense this year, Cody, to me, I feel like they've done a really, really bad job at making defenses that they're playing against look bad in the areas where they've been bad all season long. And the Chargers, we talked about this going into the Chargers game, didn't we, about how bad they were against the run? And the Broncos didn't really have any success in the running game against them. I think at one point, the the Ian Eagle said during the game that Melvin Gordon had four carries for minus seven yards. I mean, and I know he didn't finish with that, but still, it wasn't like the Broncos went in and established a ground game against a team that struggles to to defend the run. Or against other teams, they have failed to really establish a, a strong passing attack against teams that struggle to defend the pass that's that's one area that I think is a huge problem area for the Broncos right now and something that needs to be corrected with a new coach coming in is that you have to be able to to make those teams look bad 
and put your skill players in positions where they can do that. Against teams that struggle to cover tight ends, you better be going to Noah Fant. Against teams that struggle against outside receivers, you better be going to Sutton and Judy and Tim Patrick. The Broncos just haven't been able to do that this year because I don't know if it's if it's game planning, if it's play calling, if it's execution, if it's game management, whatever the case may be, or if it's all in company. They simply have put the skill players in bad position. And as we've seen, they've kind of wasted that top-ranked defense. Well, and that's another point that you make. The Broncos literally had the number one defense in the NFL, and they couldn't do anything with it. It never mattered. And that is frustrating. I think if you're a defensive player, too, look, I've, I've been on teams, Sarah, where we had the number one defense in the league, and all of a sudden the offense struggled. And there were times where we literally met in the huddle defensively, and we said, hey, if we want to win this game, if we're going to win it, we have to force a takeaway, and we have to take that to the house. Like, there's times where we willed it into existence. You know, in the NFL, it's so different. It's such a different level of competition. It's harder to do that. But the defense, I mean, like I said, they've had their issues throughout the season, but none of them have been as critical as the offense not helping them. And I think that's been very frustrating to see. I mean, for example, go back to the Chargers game on Sunday. The Broncos, they go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. So Los Angeles gets the ball three. The defense just does their job there, forces a quick three and out. Deontay Spencer muffs the punt. And then obviously that's a turn of events. That's not on the defense. That's a collective issue with the offense struggling, special teams struggling. And once again, the defense trying to make up for it. And you can only do so much. You can only be on the field for so long. So I would say that is very frustrating from the onset where the Broncos have been defensively. So now that's going to bring us to our next point coming up here in just a moment. Let's make the case for the Denver Broncos going with a defensive-minded head coach. Sarah and I, we're going to do that coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, let me tell you, if you're a Colorado sports fan, with the Lockdown Avalanche podcast hosted by Chris Maselli and Kyle Solden, not to mention the Lockdown Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Mates and Matt Moore. If you're a Colorado sports fan, you're diehard and you wear your colors every single day. Whether it's the Rockies, the Nuggets, the Broncos, or the Avalanche, we have a show for you here on the Lockdown Podcast Network covering Colorado sports. Check it out today. Lockdown Avalanche, Lockdown Nuggets on your favorite podcasting providers today. All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, a massive shout out to everybody in Broncos country. Thank you for making the show your first listen of the day every single day. Your support means the world to both Sarah and myself. We have you covered all year long, all things Denver Broncos talk, because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. All right, sir, let's make the case now for a defensive minded head coach for the Broncos going to 2022. If, in fact, the Broncos do move on from Vic Fangio here. And I think that when we talk about some of the prospects, one of the most popular names that's been thrown out there has been Dan Quinn. I think it's very easy to see, and you and I touched on this a little bit in the post-game report here, looking at what Dan Quinn has done in Dallas, turning that defense around from last year, it was one of the worst defenses in the NFL, to all of a sudden turning it into one of the top defenses and obviously maximizing the skill sets. And one thing that you see there is obviously doing what he's doing with, you know, a guy like Micah Parsons and they've been without some of their key pass rushers this year. So what have they done? They've maximized their opportunities by transitioning, utilizing guys in different places. The Broncos could have benefited from that a little bit this year, despite how good the Broncos defense has played this season. That is something that does interest me here. Now, in my opinion, sir, I think that there was going to be questions from Broncos fans. I think from fans in general, why go with a defensive minded head coach in a situation like this? The defense is good, right? It's good for the Broncos. The offense is the area of struggle. So why would the Broncos go with the defensive minded guy? Well, you wonder if maybe the defensive guy, I know this is going to seem like a crazy thing to say, but you maybe wonder if the defensive guy might just be the best guy for the job. You know, Dan Quinn, obviously he's been a, a head coach in the NFL before, yeah. obviously had mixed results with the Atlanta Falcons. Man, 
I mean, they went to the Super Bowl, right? And he was he brought in Kyle Shanahan. So it's not like Dan Quinn has shown that he's incapable as a head coach. And clearly, I mean, those guys in Dallas, the more stuff that you read, the more things that you hear what the players are saying about Dan Quinn, the less it sounds like things in Denver right now. I mean, to be honest with you, the players seem to love Dan Quinn and they seem to really go to bat for a lot of these guys. I mean, we talk about Dan Quinn, but then there's like Todd Bowles, of the Buccaneers and, and there's guys like, you know, D'Amico Ryans of the San Francisco 49ers that the players, they just go to bat for these guys because these guys are players coaches and Dan Quinn, like you mentioned it, Cody, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The way that he's been able to utilize the defensive personnel with Dallas this season is something that really perks me up personally, because I feel like the Broncos have, have guys on their roster that we're kind of wishing like, I oh, man, I wish they would use, Baron Browning or Jonas Griffith, like you mentioned in yesterday's pod, sort of like the Cowboys are using Micah Parsons. Not that they would have the exact same type of success, but you never know, right? And the Broncos have yeah. struggled to kind of get a pass rush off the edge, so it kind of makes you wonder. And so you just can't help but wonder if a defensive-minded head coach might be just the best guy for the job. If, it, if that's the guy the players really respond to the best, if that's the best guy to get the best out of all the players, regardless of what side of the ball – I mean, look at the look at the Chargers with Brandon Staley. I mean, I feel like probably a lot of Chargers fans were probably hoping for an offensive centric quarterback guru type of head coach candidate last year. But they get Brandon Staley and he comes in and the defense is not very good. But hey, look, the Chargers, they're about to make the playoffs. They win this this coming weekend and they're in. So it can work out, everybody, if the if the Broncos would hire a defense. And of course, everything, everything depends on on the quarterback and the personnel, Cody, that's the next point. I think I want you to touch on, if you will, you know, the personnel I feel is the more important thing versus hiring an offensive centric head coach. You got to get the QB spot fixed. No spot on to it. And I, I will make the point here, what you made here with Brandon Staley, the Los Angeles chargers, you know, we all know he's a defensive minded guy through and through. He was a D coordinator. Obviously he was an, a defensive position coach, but the thing that you need, I'd say the most from a head coach, whether he's an offensive minded, defensive minded head coach, somebody who understands that, Hey, we have to build around what our players are good at. And I think that's definitely the issue where the Broncos have been is offensively. They haven't built around the strengths of their players. They've had these guys that could do all these things, but they're not putting them in situations where they can thrive in those environments. And I do think that what the, the Chargers did with Justin Herbert, you look at all the talent that they have on the offense side of the ball, it's ridiculous. But you know what they did for Justin Herbert? It's not Brandon Staley calling the offense. They went and they got Joe Lombardi, who's an offensive-minded guy who's done work with Drew Brees. He's done a lot of great things in the NFL in terms from a coordinator standpoint. They paired him with him so that they can have an offensive flow there. So I think the Broncos, if you get a defensive-minded guy, let's say like a Dan Quinn, look, I think that he's probably going to dip into the Shanahan style of offensive tree a little bit, something that is modern. But he's going to delegate here. He's not going to control, but he's going to have strong input. And a lot of that's also going to come from George Payton, who's going to say, hey, we need our offense to be better. Now, we believe that you as a head coach, you can maximize and keep our defense good, but you need to make a move in terms of the coordinator position that's going to maximize the strength of our offensive players as we continue to build and grow it, whether it's with a, a brand new quarterback that's been dominating in the NFL, whether it be Russell Wilson, Aaron Roger or somebody else, or you draft a guy, you got to bring in somebody that's going to understand their strengths, deficiencies, and build around the team and the personnel that they have. So I think that is going to be the most critical point here, Sarah. And I think it's very interesting because Broncos country, 
like I said, it's not a one size fits all. And I think you made a great point on that by saying that even if you go with a defensive minded guy, that doesn't mean that you're going to neglect the offensive side of the ball. I think for anybody, Sarah, and even for George Payton, if George Payton goes and gets a defensive minded head coach, let's say like a Dan Quinn or even a D'Amico Ryans or even a Todd Bulls, for example, as the head coach, they're going to go out there and George Payton's going to say, hey, Offense is our priority. Look, we have the defensive pieces in place already, but we need to focus on how can we build the offense? How can we maximize the talent that these guys have with the offensive line, the two tailbacks that we have, the skill players that we have locked up and the guys on rookie deals and guys that are coming back from injury? How can we maximize that? That's going to be the case, even if Denver goes with the defensive-minded head coach. So Broncos country, please don't let that detract from you and your thoughts on like, okay, hey, here's where the Broncos need to go. I think regardless, we talk about offense, defensive candidates, Sarah. I, I think for me and you, I think we're in agreement here. Offense, if you're going to go with an offensive-minded guy, I think Nathaniel Hackett's probably the one guy that we're talking about. And defense, we're talking about Dan Quinn is kind of our favorites there. And it will open up, but it's going to take some time, Broncos country. So don't let one of the moves, even if the Broncos get a defensive-minded guy, take away from the fact that they're really going to focus on the offense. It is George Payton's priority. He's going to be very open about that, especially when the season ends. He's going to have that meeting with the media that, you know, I, I believe it's the Monday after the season officially ends and it's going to be in depth about this is what we need to do. And I'm, I think that George Payton's probably the best guy for the job right now, all things considered, Sarah. So I, I hope that's reassuring for Broncos country. I know we try to be as positive as possible here on the show. We try to bring every angle as possible here on the lockdown Broncos podcast, but Broncos country, thank you so much for your interaction, for you tuning in here today. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to both Sarah and I talk about the Broncos every single day. Tomorrow's episode of the show, though, Sarah and I, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions that you sent in on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about just now, go to my Twitter feed, at Cody Work NFL, find the tweet where we talk about the mailbag. It's got Sarah and myself attached there. Reply to that tweet with your Broncos question, and we'll answer the best ones here on Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.